This is the first and only time you will be able to sit or stand or lay and listen to the half year to date of a gentleman's chat. That's right. Is that so? Yes. We are one and a half years old today. We're having a half birthday. Episode 26, correct? Wow, yeah. Every week on the week, that's half a year by my book. 52 weeks a year. Uh, it's true. It took us a long time to get to the halfway point, but we did do it. Exactly. Congratulations us, really. <laughs> Last week's show went up Tuesday at noon, as they always do, to uh, a shocking amount of success, I would say. I thought, you know, considering we've done three episodes in five <laughs> months, I thought people would would have moved on, but it appears they're clamoring more for more. Exactly. It's We're just really good businessmen. It's yeah. that, you know, supply and demand, and right. we're just cutting back the supply and increasing the demand. Yeah. It's, it's really quite genius. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a genius <laughs> strategy that we're employing. It's not, you know, overall inability to get together and do the <laughs> chat. It cannot be that. No, no. Of course not. <clears throat> Business geniuses, you and I. So, do you have an opening topic for us? Oh, I have a lot of opening topics. Okay. Were you going to pick one, or would you like me to start? You can certainly start to see where we're going. That way I don't pick one that's completely off the chains right from the get-go. All right, I was going to save this for the second half, but I have, viewers, <coughs> listeners, the newspaper. I know, an archaic device. Uh, oops, I've accidentally flipped to the obituaries. That's not where I want to be. <laughs> so... The Post Crescent, which is a popular newspaper around where Ian and I live, have pretty much this, the only one actually. Yes, have this section called the timeout section, and so when you flip past the forty-five pages of ads that are in a newspaper nowadays, by the way, newspapers are ridiculously expensive. Yes, very much so. Like if I wasn't given this newspaper, I would have never actually bought it. I thought it's just it's staggering. Yeah, the and, Sunday paper for the Post Crescent right now is six dollars and fifty cents. Dude, and the paper is just. Bad quality. Yeah, and but it's eighty percent ads now. Poorly written. It's just all of it sucks. But I was reading through it because my better half is doing a paper mache project. So whilst tearing up newspapers, the handler, <laughs> I was reading some of these. And there's a section called the timeout section where they got a a horror scope thing. But they also have an ask the doctor section. So there are two doctors here: Doctor Keith Roach, Doctor Roach, and Doctor. Uh, let's see here. Who's the second one? Can't find her. <laughs> Dr. Waiting. Dr. Roach and Dr. Waiting. <laughs> Those are some pretty bad last names These for doctors. These are real people. So, I'm going to read... Are they local doctors? I have no idea. I'm assuming okay. so. I am going to read to you one of these articles, and I would like to see uh, what your take on it is. The article entitled, Avoiding Intimacy Due to Coronavirus Fears. Dear doctor, my wife and I are in our early 70s. She has had some health problems in the past, so she has been extremely cautious in light of the COVID-19 virus. I am very concerned about the virus too, and want to be very careful, but my wife's level of carefulness has been impacting our intimacy. Since the start of the pandemic, she has cut off all physical contact with me, not just sex, but also kissing and even hugging. I do go out often to run errands, grocery shopping, picking up fast food, going to the bank. And I always wear proper masks, which my wife makes for me. I wash my hands frequently. 
but due to her past health problems, she would prefer to avoid any sort of physical togetherness to be safe. I would appreciate your thoughts on this situation as I am getting a little frustrated. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> this poor dude. <laughs> okay, before I read the doctor's response to this, do you have any opening thoughts on our poor man's problems? Screw your wife, mate. <laughs> well, Let, let's put it in terms of this. You're still living together. If you are still living together... There is no amount of physical distancing if you're in the same home spreading the same germs throughout the entire residency that you're not already going to pick up together. So if you're going to get something, your wife is going to get something and vice versa. So there's absolutely no reason you can't give each other any sort of virus or bacteria a little bit more intimately. Yeah, I, that was the first thing I thought. Like, do you sleep <laughs> in the same bed still? Because then it just negates the whole yep. thing. Even, even if they don't, all modern buildings... Uh, due to code have central air so if you're living in the same residence your air for an airborne illness like covid will be circulating throughout the entire house so it does not pay to stay apart from your significant other from your lovely wife at all so the question needs to be begged is his wife saying that because she's actually scared or after Probably 40 years of marriage. She's just sick of the way he does He does intimacy. She just can't handle it anymore. Uh, see, this we need All to the actually... All fake finishes and just the, the <laughs> sad... <laughs> For 40 years? I feel like that's a charade to keep up a long time. <laughs> For 40 years of disappointment and being unsatisfied. In that case, that's something we definitely have to dive into. You know, we'd have to bring him on and have a heart-to-heart. We would. We would. But overall, if that's the case, spice things up, mate. Maybe try clapping while doing it. That <laughs> anything really. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> could you imagine just a, a really intimate moment with your significant other? It's late at night. Maybe you're, you've gotten ready for bed. You're laying down. And you're thinking, "Ooh, we'll have a little, a little sexy time, as it were." I just <laughs> start applauding yourself. It would get to me. I, I'd stop dead in my tracks. I'd be like, "This is new. What, this what's is- going on?" I don't think I would go, this is new. Man, this is great. Let's keep that one in the books. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. To each their own. Well, here's the doctor's response. <clears throat> Dear waiting, physical touch is important, not just for our mental health, but also our physical health. One study from the University of North Carolina found that women who receive hugs from their partner have lower blood pressure and therefore lower risk of cardiovascular disease. The study authors noted that hugs appeared to stimulate the thymus gland, which regulates the balances, um, I'm sorry, which regulates and balances the body's production of white blood cells, which keeps you healthy and disease-free. You've got a large face going on. Hang on, hold that thought whilst I finish this, the rest of this paragraph. That's not to say that single folks should recklessly date around in pursuit, in pursuit of a physical partner right now. But in the case of you and your wife, both, who both live together and are being careful, the benefits of physical intimacy would seem to outweigh the risks. Talk to your wife about what steps you could take that might make her more comfortable. For example, what if you had groceries and food delivered rather than going into stores or restaurants and did all your banking online? She's, if she's not open to physical touch, no matter what precautions you take, it might speak to a deeper anxiety brought on by the pandemic. Respect her boundaries. Offer empathy, emotional support, 
and loving patience, this too shall pass. I don't know, an entire year without his wife. That's that's a lot of patience. Well, step aside from the physical intimacy. Could you imagine after being married for that long, assumedly, I guess, to just not even be able to hug your partner? Like you walk yeah. in from the grocery store, get all the groceries, you set them down, you say, hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? Oh, nothing. She's just standing at the end of the hallway, <laughs> far away with a mask on. That's just... It would definitely put strain on a relationship. Oh, God, especially if you're supposed to stay indoors all the time. Yeah. What, are you going to do a puzzle from the other room? You're like, <laughs> a, you do a part piece, I do a piece. Nah, like... you need those two-way baby monitors on each right. side for, like, toddlers, and that's how you communicate your with your partner for until you don't. They could they could start a uh, like a live stream, just the couple's live stream. It's just what's, what you're hearing over the baby monitors yeah. from the other rooms. God, that's got to be abysmal. Overall, though, I actually agreed with most of what that doctor gave for advice. Pretty much all. Wow. I will agree the physical connection does actually help regulate um, a lot of hormone balance, which will produce white blood cells at higher count. That one's true. I don't know why they pulled a study that is just all-inclusively about hugs and hugs alone, because there's a lot of things that can do this. It doesn't necessarily mean that, I don't know, you're having a wonderful time with your significant other or a good buddy or whatnot, but if you don't hug throughout that day, <laughs> right. you're in trouble. No, there's an, a lot of other ways to go about it, but yes, physical contact can definitely stimulate that. I feel the only problem I had with that, even the online banking, that would reduce exposure, that's fine. I don't, however, agree or find reason in the having someone deliver groceries to your house. Oh. Because if we look at this logically, how delivery with groceries works, someone at the grocery store goes out, picks all the groceries that you would normally have. So you have all his germs and all the normal grocery germs already. Puts them all in a bag. Gives them to a second person who presumably right now does this for a living. So right. has been driving all day, touching other people's groceries and whatnot, and then incorporates their own bacteria and germs. And then they bring it to you. So you're actually incorporating two additional lines of potential contamination while bringing in groceries from delivery. I don't understand why people think that's safer. And truthfully, I would hope that the people that might be having this problem, or others, they're sure it's not just them, don't listen to this, because then they'll really know how foolish they've been. <laughs> so really what this guy should do is not order his groceries and not order out for delivery, and then just have an honest conversation saying, sweetheart, if I get it, you're going to get it. And we don't have enough time <laughs> left in our lives to not be getting at it. Exactly. And then if she still has pushback, then you have the online banking trump card. Be like, oh, Uno reverse, <laughs> we can go to online banking and I will save that interaction for you. Yeah. Yeah, you got multiple ways in here. You got multiple <laughs> solution areas. Heart to heart and hopefully you have a good open line of communication with a long-term wife or pull out the online banking card. Yeah, yeah. Those are clearly your two paths to success here. <laughs> Only two paths as well. Exactly. So that's the only useful thing I've found in the newspaper the past <laughs> 10 years. I don't know about you. That's really uh, that, all it's that, had to offer me. That was pretty good. I thought so. The only other just curiosity I have with that paper is... Now, I know the older generations tend to still read the paper a lot more. 
But because of how much the papers died, what are the likelihoods that the person they are writing to actually found the article in the paper? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> because 40 years ago, this could have been literally anybody. Exactly. And the person would exactly know, oh, this is me. Right. You wouldn't have had to have names or any sort of details. Right. Well, I'm just thinking, though, like, how many people write in to the paper? Like, I'm that is a I'm good question as well. I'm starting there. I feel like 40 years ago, there were more people writing in than now. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's other avenues that you could release those questions, say, at Google. Right? I feel like there's got to be 15 people writing into this paper. So when they get this, whoever, whomever you are, Mr. 70-year-old man and ma'am, when Dr. Waiting answers your question, you're going to know about it. I just feel like you are. I, I don't know. Fair enough. So let's say they do get it. Then a follow-up question. What? Which one of our local doctors follows the paper enough to get like personalized? The paper calls you up. Hey, can you respond to this article? That's a good question. I was actually thinking about that because Dr. Keith Roach's article, the one previous to this, is about surgery from torn hip joint cartilage requires lengthy recovery. Well, they know their audience. Right. <laughs> well, they know... Someone asked the question about, I'm 55, I'm a 55-year-old woman, I recently went for a torn hip, labrum, la 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 la. I'm just wondering, though, like, does this guy, is that all he do in a day? Does he just write articles back to people for different papers? Yeah. Or because if you're a practicing doctor and you're doing hip surgeries, <laughs> something tells me you're a little more busy, busy. Yeah. than to write an article in, you know, the local paper. Especially because it is actually quite time consuming as far as newspaper articles go to write a complete and well thought out article within the amount, within the allotted word count. Right. That is much more difficult to cut and trim down to that than one might think. It's true because there's not a lot of words here. It's you know, exactly. two paragraphs. Usually there's like a 500 word limit. And if you guys wanted to try at home, you try to write comprehensive on something, any question really, and keep it within 500 words. It's going to be very difficult. I can't do it. Actually, in my real life, I have written um, scholarly articles <laughs> for different publications in the music education sphere. And a lot of those, you know, if they're periodicals or something, they're only 500 words, no more than 750 words. Yep. It is incredibly tough to write about a topic, no matter what the topic is, in a way that you can construct a full argument in 700 words or less. Exactly. It's staggeringly hard. It's an art. So that would have taken a lot of time out of his day. Right. So I definitely don't think that he can be with the paper full time. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because... With the amount of people writing into the paper nowadays, which is substantially lower than it used to be, right. there's probably not medical questions all the time that he can even be on staff to answer. Right. I feel like he's the equivalent of an adjunct professor. Yeah. You know, like, he's hired on to help, but he's not full-time. Because there's no way that the post-Crescent is paying this dude $50,000 a year or whatever, plus benefits, to write for their paper. Exactly. So I don't, I don't buy that. And then the final thing that I have, and this is actually mainly to the people writing to the paper. This is both a curiosity and just a suggestion. Instead of writing to a local newspaper and then waiting for the newspaper to write you back, you should probably call up your local doctor if it is something medically related, especially medically related for a surgery you just had. 
Right. Or surgery you're a, you could Or about have. to have, yes. Right. If you're about to go into a surgery, the best person to contact is the office and the group working on your surgery. Yeah, I had surgery this week. I didn't write the post-crescent. Exactly. That was not my first thought. <laughs> That's not what I did. You have any inclination or nervousness or wonder anything about the surgery, the best person to ask is the ones doing the surgery because they will know everything about not only the surgery, but your particular case in relevance to the surgery. Right. Dude, I, I did actually have surgery this week, Tuesday. This is the Friday as we film this week. Yep. And the doctor strolled on in. He, you know, I'm in the waiting room. I get back there. They get the IV and all these sorts of things. And he just he saunters in at 7 o'clock in the morning because all surgeries are at 7 o'clock in the morning. This dude sauntered in said, ah, propofol, we're putting you out, huh? The best anesthesia God ever gave us. Signed the paper <laughs> saying he was going to do the surgery and walked out. This fucker walked out. He walked out of the room. He said, I'll see you in there. I, I swear to God, he gave me finger guns when he walked out. Okay? <laughs> they, they wheeled my ass into that room. I was freaking out. First of all, I hate hospitals. Secondarily, I hated, I just, I hated the whole experience. I did not want to be there. And uh, the anesthesiologist came in and they had like the whole team of doctors in there. And I didn't want to be there. And all I hear is the doctor say, all right, we're going to, we're going to give you some stuff to make you feel better. See you on the other side or something to that. I don't remember the rest <laughs> of it. And then I, I woke up in recovery and uh, he strolled on in and, and gave me his, his deal. And you know what was stupid? All the money I paid to be there because insurance covered most of it, but I got the bill. It was a couple thousand dollars for what they did to me. Yep. And, uh, all I got after was a cup of water and my choice of snack. My choices were string cheese a granola bar or shit, some other th- useless item. So I got a Yeah, a but it general... was a hospital screen- string cheese, Billy. Dude, I didn't take the string cheese. I took the water. Oh, they said water, tea, or coffee. Oh, okay. So I took... Wait, they're going to give you coffee right after your surgery? Yeah. That yeah. seems counterproductive. It totally is, <laughs> especially for the surgery I went in for. It was on my stomach and intestines. Yeah, oh, they really okay. shouldn't have been doing that. Um... <laughs> I'm going to come back to that in a second. But I chose the water and the granola bar. And I was like, this it's better be a good granola bar. It was a General Mills granola bar, like those chewy ones that you get like as you're when you're seven. In fairness, they're not the worst granola bar they could no, have gotten. No, but they weren't like Sunbelt Bakery or, you know, whatever the blue boxed ones are. Yep. Um, speaking of coffee, the guy next to me, he has either been in there a hundred times or is really lonely in life. Because I hear him in the recovery room next to me when the nurse walked in, I asked him what he wants. He said, I'll have a coffee. She said, well, what would cream, sugar in that? I said, yeah, I'll take a, take two creams and a sugar. And he started making some pathetically bad jokes. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, what are you? You're either here every year for this or you just – that's how you handle I – I didn't understand. I just sat there silently like, please <laughs> let me go home. Please, I would like to go home. Well, if he doesn't mind the hospital experience, there's no reason for him not to get a good drink out of it. I guess. I'm sure it wasn't that good a coffee. Oh, but yeah, that that doesn't seem like the actual surgeon had instilled you with the most confidence. Having said that, I'd do the exact same thing. I liked his approach. That or he gave me a lot of confidence because apparently, and I didn't know this, well, I, I kind of understood, but the guy I went to apparently is the guy. In the state of Wisconsin, like the yeah. care system. Apparently, he's the dude. So, I, I thank God I ended up at your office. That's nice, <laughs> right? Because I was at the hospital. I had to go up to the second floor, and the check-in process was so strange because 
like my better half could walk in with me, but the second I got checked in, she had to leave and I had to go through the rest of it by myself. It was a very strange experience. Um, but I had a follow-up. I have to do a follow-up, obviously, yep. after a surgery. And apparently he's booked out real far. But the nurse called me and said, well, we could get you in with his nurse practitioner to talk to her about the follow-up. And I said, why would I want to talk to her? <laughs> I mean, no offense to her. I'm sure she's a smart gal. But he's the guy that did the thing. Like, that is very true. He's the went around digging inside of me and scraped stuff out of me. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't I want to be talking to him? Oh, very much so. So I started, I talked to him. So I got that's what I did there. Yeah, I, I I completely understand that. I understand they want to get people taken care of quickly, but if someone physically did something on you, especially while you're unconscious, you probably want their insight because right. they physically saw and physically went through everything they did. Right. And apparently, this is all this guy does because I was, I think I was like the second guy to go that day, and there's two different operation rooms, and I swear to God, this guy walked. You were out the of- second one at seven a.m. Well, I'll check in at 7. Certainly oh, okay, okay, okay. I was even 8. Yeah. That dude is way too happy and upbeat at 7 a.m. in the morning to be doing surgeries. Dude, guy was... That's almost maniacal. Dude, dude was killing it. Because I think they have... I, I kind of saw, like, the LED board they had there. I think they... I think they just back-to-back him in the morning. <laughs> I think, I swear to God, this guy walks out of one surgery room into the other one, performs it, and bounces back and forth until noon. Oh. Like that's just all this guy does. That's kind of impressive. It's, I was impressed. If I'm at 7 a.m. going in for surgery, if I have to perform, I would be like, okay, we can get this done. It'll take a little bit of time. I don't have nearly enough energy seeing as I woke <laughs> up 20 minutes ago to do this. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> that was my fear. Yeah, right. like, please tell me this guy doesn't yawn while he's inside of me, right? Exactly. Like, please. Yeah, if if I were ever to perform a surgery or any actual operation, especially if I know they have to be put under, so I have to be, you know, on top of my game, we're scheduling that has to be evening at least. I have to be right. at the pinnacle of awakeness and just alertness. Four in the afternoon, lunch exactly. is settled, we've taken a nap, we are good to go. Exactly. I, I am ready to take on anything. 7 a.m., no. This dude <laughs> strolled in and just let her rip. I guess it went well. I mean, he... I woke up and he said, you know, you're not going to feel great for a couple days, but it went well. That's a gem of society then. So this is where I'm going with it. At first I thought the dude was a lunatic and then I learned he's actually just just killing it at life. And that is why he was so confident. Yeah. See, that's why I said I would do it exactly the same way because that just means you are that confident in what you're doing. Oh, yeah. He's coming in, you're like, ah, you're going to be out. I'm going to be tearing up your insides. It'll be fine. Dude, I walked in. Guy had the radio going. <laughs> and I and I have to admit, I, I stated before, I hate hospitals. I yep. hate the whole thing. I want nothing to do with it. Also, did you know that when they put an IV and they take the needle out and it's just yeah. a little hose that's in there that Correct. keeps the whole... I didn't know that. Thought the needle was in the whole time. No, that's that's for your safety. If they were to keep the needle in because of how sharp it is, because, you know, it's a needle we're supposed to go inside. If you were ever to move around or shift, that needle will tear up all the wonderful innards of someone's arm. Oh. That's why. Yeah, it's very ne- necessary. If ever you have an IV in anyone and you notice they forgot to take the needle out of it, you need to get that out. Or just be very, very still. Yeah, I hated the whole experience. But back to what I was saying, the guy... Um... Yeah, I had the radio on going in there, and I was so distraught. I was like, can you please keep the radio on, at least till I'm gone? Like, yeah. I, 
I just just blast the tunes, dude. I want to focus on something other than all this medical equipment and the yeah. beeping happening around me. And he's probably like, oh, I just always keep the radio on. Yeah, and for for the actual procedure, I was they put me on a specific side, so they leaned me over yep. and like put, put this thing behind me to prop me up and whatnot. And it was on the opposite side of the anesthesiologist, so I didn't know it was coming. The guy was like, "Hey, we're just gonna give you something. Not a big deal." Is is kind of what he was saying to me. And then I was like, "Oh man, I am pretty tired. I could take a nap." And then, I, again, I woke up later. But I, I hated the whole experience. And I only tell you that because if you're going to write into the newspaper, you should maybe start with your doctor. That's yeah. the whole wraparound of that subject. Oh, very much so. Also, definitely go to this doctor. He seemed to have everything figured out in life. Yeah, it was, it was strange because when I walked into the hospital, an- another strange thing about it, I had to go up to a different floor because, like, the unit that does the procedure I needed to have done is on a different floor. So I get up there. I, I The elevator opens, and there's only one entry door. It's only one place you can go. And it was 1972. You walked into a portal into 1972. Like, there was old Victorian couches laid around and old, you know, plaid freaking chairs with bright oranges and such. And there's an elderly gal sitting at this mahogany desk saying, Ah! Billy, how are you? Take a seat over there. The doctor will be with you soon. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is happening, dude? There's a TV that I swear to God is the size of this piece of newspaper here. It's huh. playing the morning news. <clears throat> and that reminds me of another thing. Go for it. So the news was playing when I walked in. So when she was doing the IV, again, distraught Billy, I wanted nothing to do with that. I, she said, sir, can I turn the TV on for you? Would that make it better? I said, anything will than what's happening right now. She turns it on. And the TV's playing 25-day 25, 25 countdown to Christmas, nothing but Christmas films. Tim Allen, Santa Claus is playing on the screen. Okay. I'm thinking, I can focus on this while this gal's <laughs> jabbing me in the arm. Easy. I got this. And uh, it just so happens, because again, where I ch- when I checked in, the movie was just ending. So oh, she gotcha. walked out of the room and the movie was ending. I think, okay, next film's coming on, Christmassy. What are we thinking? Frosty the Snowman. We're going to be singing Holly Jolly Christmas together. Wrong. This guy came on the screen, elderly man, and he started spouting out how the coronavirus was fake. It said, folks, I don't know what you're scared about. The coronavirus is completely fake. More people die of the influenza and President Trump this and just on and on and on and on and on. And I thought, oh, my God, where'd the Christmas films go? <laughs> I'm on a discount Hallmark channel. And this it's just this old guy sitting there, leaned over a desk, spouting all this stuff off at me. And I thought, I don't want the TV anymore. That's his Christmas. <laughs> it wasn't. It really took a turn for the worst. Did the channel change, or was it still like Hallmark? Still same channel. Oh. Same channel. It wasn't an actual Hallmark. It was just Okay, Hallmark. so it wasn't like the uh, watermarked Hallmark right. channel? Yeah, it okay. was cheap Hallmark. I watch a lot of Hallmark. Hallmark. I know a Hallmark <laughs> film when I see it, okay? I'm an expert Hallmarker at this point. They were just but. trying to ease your worries like ah maybe he's worried he's at a hospital a lot of sickness we'll just let him know that here at the hospital he has no chance of getting covid right that's that's what it was exactly yeah dude i felt like shit the past couple of days. i mean i have for a long time now hence the surgery well yeah and you're gonna feel bad after a surgery right that's how that works yeah I, truthfully i think this is the best i've felt in months oh that's here, great sitting here chatting to you so i think we need to do this daily <laughs> daily it'll make me feel better yeah that's not really up to us that's up to you the viewers yeah sit and listen if, send us in at a gentleman's ch- yeah a gentleman's if, chat at gmail.com if you send us in emails and then more importantly 
just buy out any billboard you see or <laughs> or all social media platforms. If we can overthrow, is Joe Rogan still the number one podcast? It's something like that, yeah. If we can double Joe Rogan's viewers, we will have a daily show guaranteed. Yeah, we could actually live off of it then. That's all we would oh, do. Oh, easily. <laughs> Dude, I was looking. I feel like Joe Rogan's, even if we had double Joe Rogan's viewership and thus double Joe Rogan's um, earnings, we're not set. This is, we would be set for many, many lives. Yeah, we'd be killing it. Let's be honest. Because Joe Rogan's already killing it. Yeah. I was, um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought talking about, oh, um, in terms of podcasting and stuff, I was looking into getting a gentleman's chat radio station because mm. I thought what would be more fun than being able to get in your own car and turn on a gentleman's chat. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be cool. Right. I would. We could get all the driving. Yeah. It turns out that to get a radio frequency, you need to be assigned one by like the FCD or FC, some federal government branch. Yeah. Apparently you can't just go doing that shit by yourself. Yeah, there there was a time when radio first came out that they definitely said, but then the government's like, well, we can't have that. Then people will just say whatever they want, which was the original intent of radio, but... Right, right. <laughs> uh, it's very hit or miss, because obviously you don't want people saying literally whatever they want. You can't have someone going over there and say, let's kill this group of people, and here's how we're going to do it. Right, right. But at the same time... I feel like as soon as the government puts restrictions, it just ruins it for everybody. And it makes everything so much more expensive. I don't know how much it costs. I know there's an application process. It, it's a lot. I'm sure it's expensive. <laughs> um, I did find a service that would do it for like a monthly charge, like 10 bucks a month or whatever their charge is. Okay, and they that's would, not terrible. They, they would give you one. And basically it's that they have a bunch of them and you're distri- and, they distribute yeah. it for you. I thought that might be kind of fun. But yeah. I also don't really want to pay the $10 a month. I just... It's just I just want to do it. I just want to find a exactly. way to make a radio station. I don't know why I'm so enamored by this idea, but I totally am. So if you would like to listen to a gentleman's chat in your car, please write us in. Or please uh, buy on a billboard saying, I would love to listen to a gentleman's chat in my car. Please where can I do that? Because I am so hyped up on the idea of getting people getting into their cars, flipping past the country radio station into the smooth a gentleman's chat. You know... I feel like you're stuck in that 1972 office still. I feel like most of our most of our listeners can just listen to it in their car if it's a car within recent times anyhow. They'll just connect their phone. I thought about that. I think 83% <laughs> of our viewership comes from Spotify. Yeah, it's so, Spotify. We'll just connect to the car anyhow. Spotify or, Apple or uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's gotcha. called. Wow, that's that's a good chunk. It's pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. That's why I didn't <laughs> pursue said application. Gotcha. But I thought, man, wouldn't it be bitching to own a radio station? It would be nice. Wouldn't it be? Well, if we can get this down to a daily show, if we get that t- type of viewership, we definitely buy out a radio station. Yeah. We'll go on AM and FM, too. <whistles> yeah, we, we have all the XM exclusive. Oh, a serious SM. I did not realize they were still alive. Yeah, they exist. I feel like that was a really bad venture on their half. Because isn't it just satellite radio, but only for cars? Yeah, yeah, it is. Doesn't that cut your entire base exponentially? (laughs) Yeah, also it's like 60 bucks for three months or something ridiculous. Oh my god, that's $20 a month. It's very expensive for serious Satellite 
radio yeah, only yeah. in your car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That That's it. Yeah. Hey, they've got Howard Stern and uh, who else on there? Just Howard Stern. Uh, they've got Howard Stern. You're paying 20 bucks a month to listen to Howard Stern only when you're driving. I know they make playlists for like bands, popular bands, so you can listen to only Bon Jovi or only ACDC or only you know Charlie Puth, whatever. But doesn't every standard streaming service now offer that? Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, for free, actually. Yeah, yeah, they do do that. They do. All right, so we'll say if we have 20% more than Joe Rogan, that's... That's what our cutoff. Then we'll invest in serious. Yeah. It has to be really serious for us to get there. Yeah, no pun intended on the serious <laughs> thing, but it does need to be. What, what's uh, strange, Ian, and this is, is, is actually a good segue, because instead of talking about people getting swindled by other radio stations, they could be supporting a gentleman's chat by listening to this ad read. Hey, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was That wasn't as pretty bad good. as some of the ones we've had over the past 26 episodes. That's true. Do people tend to listen to the ad? Yeah, they do. Oh. Yeah, Um, I get very vague stats on it, but people do. Okay. I was thinking about signing some different contracts recently. See if we can gotcha. spice it up instead of just reading about Anchor FM the entire time. <laughs> Which we are grateful for. Don't get us Super wrong. Super grateful for. And Super we're grateful. definitely grateful for you guys listening to the ad. Yeah, it, it does actually help. Of Pe- course. People... That's 100% of our revenue. Yeah, and there's other methods we could be asking people for money, but I don't want to pander... Oh, yeah, 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 no. That's just disingenuous. Yeah, and also, people don't realize, maybe, that there is actually an overhead to this show, yep. in a way. Like, there there are costs involved. It's not like everything is just free all the yeah, time. We recently had to invest in an HR department just for us two, just so we didn't say anything to get us kicked off all the platforms. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Ian, a lot of overhead. Ian almost got in trouble for sleeping with a member of his staff, and he's self-employed. <laughs> so you put that one together. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said almost. We were towing the line. We held strong. <laughs> All right, I have a follow-up to last week's show that I would like to go through with you. Okay. We were talking about spite gifts and the Christmas parabola. <laughs> for those that don't know about this concept, I highly recommend you listen to the first half of last week's show. And Ian and I were talking about uh, buying gifts for people you don't like, like the ones and twos on your out of 10 scale, right? You do not like these people. So after the show, I did a little research myself and I came up with three incredible spite Christmas gifts. Ian, I would like you to rate these three things. Of course. Okay, here we go. First one, getting the person you don't like a gift card to a place like Subway or whatever, like the, you know, whatever meal they like to go to. But only put like $2 on it. I feel like two's noticeable. You have to have it one of the even amounts that they actually have gift cards for, like $5. Oh. Like one of those $5 cards. So Because they actually make those. I would say like put like four fifty on it. Oh. Think about it because you can't buy a sub for $5 anymore. Or, that is true. Or pl- by the time you had tax and everything. So if you go four fifty, now they're like $0.30 cents short. And that that is spiteful. I suppose. That is spiteful. Yeah. That's pretty and good. then you have that awkward interaction where, oh, I, uh, okay, let me get something else. Yeah, and don't, and also be that guy that not put the amount on the card. Like, because, you know, when you buy the prepackaged one, it says $5, $10, $20. Yeah. You got to find the most obscure one that says nothing. Yeah, any of the ones that you could put any amount on there. Yeah, that's what you need. Or like one of those prepaid debit cards. They're thinking, <laughs> oh my God, what a gift. It's got to be 100 bucks. And then they go to Subway and find it's 30 cents short of a six inch. <laughs> All right. 
my second spite gift. Whatever they gave you for Christmas last year, just re-gift that shit. Oh, not even go get it. Just re-gift what they yeah, gave you. Yeah, just take what they gave you, repackage it, and give it to them next year. I feel like that's a good one. That's a contender right there. That's a good contender under the stipulation that this is a gift that you don't do like in front of everybody. Because if it's like a big gathering, everybody knows what they got you last year. You can't just re-gift that because that's like too on the nose. Okay, okay. But if it's like uh, you give your gifts more of a one-on-one, more intimate and like one-on-one type ordeal where it's not in a big gathering and you all pass around the gifts, then... Definitely, that would work. It might be on the nose, but isn't also a 10-foot teddy bear of which you suggested last week? Whoa, 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 whoa. There's no way you can fit a 10-foot tall teddy bear on your nose. I'm just, well, <laughs> I, it's, I feel like you almost could with how on the nose <laughs> that one is. That's a pretty spiteful gift. It is a pretty spiteful gift. But is it as spiteful as my third option, which is a gift for their child that takes hours to assemble? <laughs> <laughs> so just... <laughs> Yeah, this is my favorite. So just one something for something from IKEA. <laughs> this is by far my favorite one on the whole list, dude. Could you picture hating someone so much that you get their kid a gift that takes like four hours to assemble? Yeah, and that works because it's not a direct gift to them. Oh, I know it's better. You could get them a separate gift, so then they genuinely they'll have to think that you're thinking of their child because they they can't yell at. You for saying, hey, you got my child something, especially because kids, especially if you make it something even reasonably nice, the kid will be ecstatic. And there is absolutely no way they can be like upset with you because their kid is so happy with the gift. Right, (laughs) it needs to be just hard enough that the kid can't put together themselves and maybe neither can the adult. (laughs) And I just have... (laughs) Oh, little Jimmy, you love dinosaurs? (laughs) Here's a scale model with the real amount of bones for a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Dude, and I'm so spiteful. I was thinking about this. This guy's going to get halfway through his four-hour put-together project. He's going to be hes gonna be just drained and think, Jimmy, i got to go get us some Subway for dinner. <laughs> he's he's going to take the gift card I got him, and he's going to get half a 16 sub. <laughs> That's oh, that's anger inducing right there. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? Oh my god. I feel like oh. I actually received a couple gifts like that once. Oh. I had an uncle back in the day and I was about two or three at this point, like very young. And he just got me a bundle of like crafty type models where I got three and these were more reasonable. They were dinosaur type cutouts okay. and they were the ones where they were the slide in pieces uh-huh. so you had to figure out how it all sli- slid in that was manageable and i think my dad helped me my two-year-old self get it all taken care of that was easy peasy but then he also got me three and these were like the professional models and i still remember one was like uh early like a 64 early mustang Ooh. and things like that and there was a corvette and then there the big one was like an actual airplane. I think it was uh, B-51. Holy smokes. And these were like, you clearly saw he picked it up somewhere that m- must have been selling them out. But these were like professional models with like 20,000 pieces. Oh, good God. And they were the kind where every piece 
is comes in like the slate gray and it's the punch outs. You have to manually cut them out each piece and they have to be hand painted. They don't come painted at all. Oh man. Yeah. Needless to say, uh, my father as wonderfully awesome at, um, hands-on and craftsmanship and whatnot that he did. Didn't even try to help me with them. He's like, yeah, we'll get to that soon someday. I just need to get the right paints and, it's been many, many years, and we're still waiting on those 18 paints. 18 years later, here we <laughs> sit waiting for those paints. It's been more than 18 years, uh-huh. but yeah. Yeah, something like that. I actually have a friend of mine who is super into building um, flyable model airplanes. So like okay. the 172nd scale planes, and they put the motors in it, the propeller motors yep. and the servos and whatnot. That's what he's into. And it takes like 400 hours to make one of these things. <laughs> Because you get the kit, you know, the wood, yep. and then you put the wood frame together and you need to to put the covering on the thing. So it's like a shrink wrap-ish material. Where you, so you sit there with a heat gun and you have to put the motor in yourself and you got to put the propeller on. You got to put all the servos in place. And that's what this guy does for fun. So he sits in his basement with his wood lathe and his metal labor, you know, whatever tools he needs for this job. And he puts together these planes. I and- would... Just find that incredibly frustrating. He loves it. And he, he lives in like this four-story house. So it's upstairs, bedroom area, main living floor, basement. And then there's like a second basement that happens, right? And uh, the first of these basements is has a room in it. Like just a sitting room. It has a fireplace. And he's turned it into his hangar. So he takes these airplanes and he hangs them on the wall. So he's just got a row of airplanes that he's built. And every once in a while, I see on Facebook pictures of one of them that crash. Like, you know, a servo goes out or he loses radio connection and he blasts the thing into the ground and it, you know, is in a million pieces. Like, well, there went 600 hours. Loved this one. Had it for 15 years. Flew it all. My, there's my baby, my favorite one. And now it's in pieces. I'm that's, like, oh my God. That's almost a man's literal child. Like, you're raising it for almost. 15 years, taking care of it. You invested countless hours and time and upkeep of it and then just one fateful day you're wrestling with your 15 year old and you accidentally push him off a cliff shatters into a million pieces and then he took that stride he's just like well there goes 15 years guess i gotta start a new one (laughs) yeah i guess you do dude wow that that is a sense of stoic mentality i i don't think i could achieve I would be furious. Oh, I'm sure he was. Right? I'm sure the Facebook post didn't show the tears that he cried <laughs> yeah. afterwards, right? Uh, yeah, and truthfully, he's a really, really cool guy. He's unmarried, owns his house already, and he's just he just works and like he has so much time to do these random activities. When it's wintertime, he has even smaller airplanes, so like not ones that you would buy at Walmart or something, but that yeah. sort of scale. And they fly him in school gymnasiums. Oh, they have like a there's a like a a flying league, so they do races in in the air in the, with these little remote control airplanes. It's just crazy. It's super cool. That is really cool. I, it's a fun hobby. I would assume. Well, it depends who you are. I would not find it a fun hobby. If I invest four hundred hours into something, and then let's just say one thing was wrong and it doesn't work, I'm upset. <laughs> Right, I feel like I would be too anxious to even start the project. Exactly, you're like, I'm investing 400 hours, so much time of my life into this. If this doesn't work, I will be devastated, and all of that will be for nothing. I invested 40 minutes into a painting with my girlfriend earlier this week, and 20 minutes in, I thought, we should just stop before we ruin it, 
right? Like we've we don't we don't want to we don't want to mess with this. We've got the base colors down. That's good enough. Call it good. That's art. And so I would I would never have the audacity to put together an airplane like that. Yeah. Or anything like that for that matter. Yeah. The the I think the most detailed thing. Well, I wouldn't know the most detailed thing I've ever made, but it's always been something that if it were to go wrong, it is something I can go back into whatever I made and fix. Right. It's never something that if you mess up along the way, it is unfixable. Right. I like the most recent project I spent a lot of time on was I wrote a book. Okay. By the way, boys and girls, I'm writing a book. It's going to come out, hopefully start of next year. You can go ahead and buy it. Uh, it's a basically an introduction to music theory book, right? So it, it takes really often obscure and complex subjects and it makes them reader friendly for just a regular guy that listens to the radio and wants to know more about how music works. And along the way, I've made a lot of mistakes writing that book, whether I formatted <laughs> something wrong. It's 120 pages. Yeah. So like if I press the space bar one too many times, shit gets wild. <laughs> but I never once thought, oh man. There went 400 hours of my life. Let's start anew. Yeah. That's a, that's a fixable problem. Exactly. But if you're encasing, say, there's something wrong with an engine and this airplane and you've already sealed off the entire outside, that's not fixable. That's a, well, it's done. Yeah, or you got to cut into it. or Yeah, I, you have I, to cut into it. And I don't know how it. some of them work. I really, gotcha. I mean, I've only seen some of the ones he does. I'm assuming some, if you're investing that much time, they have to have some way to access the engine if you need. I'm sure it's got to be like underneath or something. Or gotcha. Especially because you would need to put fuel in it from time to time. A little right. Bit of oil. But the fuel canister could be like where the the person would be that sitting is true. and slide yeah. the thing back. And like I said, I don't know, but I do know that it's a lot of time, effort, and it's a. I think it's a fairly expensive sport to get into. Oh yeah. I don't know for sure, but I think most small-scale electric or gas-powered remote control things are fairly expensive. Very, very much so. And that usually comes down to most gas motor parts themselves are very expensive. And now you're having to have it detailed and brought down in scale, which is more difficult. Right. Because I own uh, a remote control, like 172nd scale, like one of those um, gas-powered monster trucks yep and that thing i think it was i want to say nine hundred dollars yep and, and then the planes are going to be more expensive than right because that. that's not counting gas is fifty dollars a gallon yeah you know whatever it is and all the accessories like the glow plugs and the remotes and the radios and the batteries and all the accessory stuff but i think it i think my dad paid like nine hundred dollars for the one that we have yeah and it's, that one doesn't have to fly no no it just rides around on the grass doing wheelies and jumping things and stuff so it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So if that's a hobby you guys would be interested in, know it will be a very dedicated hobby. But again, the guy's not married. He has no kids. I suppose he has the time on his hands. He's got the time. It's something he's passionate about. So God bless him. Exactly. God bless people like that. <laughs> Decide not to get married and go into obscure motorsports. Exactly. And I feel fun. like that's that's how we get a lot of mad geniuses, I feel. Yeah. People that don't go the more natural route or more typical route and just kind of go off the wall and do their own thing. Well, think you've been in a relationship, what, three years now? A little more than three years? How long have you been with her? I don't know. 
I don't either. I'll be honest. I remember I was there for an anniversary at some point in the past year. Gotcha. If anybody knows how long I've been with my significant other, please write into a gentleman's chat yeah, at gmail.com. Yeah, we would like for him to know that. Yeah. But just think of all the time you've spent with her. All the hours. You could take all those hours and channel it into one thing. You could probably be like a Nobel Prize winning guy by now. That's true. Oh, I never saw this before. Maybe she's holding me back. Maybe I have to let her go. I didn't say that, by the way. If she ever hears this, I did not say that. But... Yeah, and I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> there is a point in that. Yeah, if you are if you are forfeiting a lot of your social or personal life and devoting all your time and energy into one sheer purpose, of course, that pinpointed purpose is going to go a lot further than if you were to try to balance everything and also progress. I always think of it as you've got like a pie chart of your day or your life. Exactly. You've only got 100% of the pie chart and you've got to decide what goes where. Yep. So, but at any rate, that that was my topic for you. Those are my spite gifts. (laughs) Of Uh, course. If anybody has any, they're welcome to write in. And come up with theirs. Those are the top three that I had. I was going to have you rank them, but let's be honest. The last one's the best one. <laughs> I just, I can't get over how yeah. hilarious that one is. That That is top tier. I have one topic to round us out. Hopefully okay. this one doesn't take too long. I want to know, Ian, how you think you would fare in prison. Fine. You think you'd do fine in prison? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a likable guy. I'm an agreeable guy. And I know how to adapt to social situations so i'm not going to do anything that's going to get me killed but i feel like you're a hard debater i feel like you'd be debating that drug runner over the, his methods and why he's in here and call and i feel like you would say no you idiot i'm objectively right oh i would certainly say that yes yeah. but the difference is in prison it's not like these people don't have like they have logical thoughts they string together oh, right. correct ideas They're not they just they just make bad choices in life well bad choices to greater society. Exactly. Yeah. So if I'm discussing with this drug runner and I tell him he's objectively wrong, if we're in an actual discussion and he's seeing that I'm just trying to help him out, he's like, oh, that is a definite much better way to organize this drug run. And he'd be thankful to me because I'm helping his career along. Right. When he gets out, numbers are going up. Exactly. And then he'll think back. He's like, Wow, he was right. I, he told me this would work. It worked. Yeah, you put in I'm efficiency in protocols. Exactly. You scan IDs for all the employees and. But yeah. Supply and chain management. I feel like this is definitely undervalued, especially in prisons nowadays. Tend to be overly masculine because mm-hmm. a lot of men and a lot of like stereotypically toxically masculine men are in there. Right. Usually, honesty if I were to just to straight up disagree with someone plays a lot better in that environment than if you were to try to either lie to someone or talk behind someone's back or try to go, go arounds. Honesty people will accept. Like if I just say, I disagree with you in prison, they're probably going to be like, ah, screw you. And then that's going to be that. I think this is all predicated on what prison you're in. Are you in the prison with tax evaders or are you in the prison with, uh, you know, triple homicide? Guy. I would actually be much more nervous about the tax evaders, if I'm being honest. I wouldn't be, because I feel like the guy that's killed three people, suspectedly, we don't know, his appeal's still up. I feel like that guy is just not going to listen to what anything I have to say. 
Well, why though? Why did he kill three people? That is a big determining factor. You could spark a conversation with him. Because a lot of a lot of people I know that have been to prison for life, well, I don't know personally, but there's many counts where you do need to send them to prison because it's like, well, say a double homicide. But it's a double homicide because he walked in on two men raping his daughter and wife. I feel like at that point... Yes, it's murder. We do technically have to sentence him because he broke the law. Right. At the same time, if we're in prison, I'm giving him a pat on the back. I'm going to treat him as if he did absolutely nothing wrong in my in life. Because in my eyes, if at that point someone's doing that something that heinous or is deserving of what you gave them, I'm washing my hands. Yeah, you're right. You were fine with that. I understand why you're in prison, but... You're fine. You didn't do anything wrong. I've got a completely opposite view. I think I would suck ass in prison. I feel like the gangs would approach me, and I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Because there's just be gangs all over the place, and they'd be like, "You need to be in our gang," or "We're gonna make you be in our gang," or some other gangs, and then gang wars are gonna happen. And I just feel like I'm gonna be trying to sit there, being the middlest person that I am. You don't have to be in a gang. Trying to hash it out. I feel like you do. Why? Because I feel like that's what the prisons are run by gangs, Ian. You got to be a part of the gang. Yeah, but at the same time, what are we in prison for? That is a good preface. I know it's what I'm predicating. Because if we are in prison for something completely nonviolent related or just some mediocre, we'll even say not tax evasion, because that's usually frowned upon by hardened criminals. Yeah, you got to pay your taxes. Say we accidentally get in a car wreck, the other person dies, manslaughter. No Mm. one in prison is really going to. But reasonably think twice about us. Because everybody's going to see us with... It, it's just an accident. He's just here. And I strongly believe that we would just be ignored. Huh. Because if we don't come from a life of, like, federal crime and we're in federal prison for, say, being involved with drugs or gangs or anything of that nature, we would have no end of that pretty much society or that culture anyhow so there's no reason for them to want to deal with us one way or another we're basically just non-existent it doesn't matter to them you know i didn't think about that but you're right you and i did not grow up with gangs nearby we did not grow up in that like sphere of existence there was part of my life i had many gangs nearby actually i was never part of them right right definitely i'm saying saying. i'm saying that we were never part of gangs yes you don't have face tattoos or anything correct um or both of us very clean as far as what we've done right. in life, and we have absolutely no connection to anything criminal related. Right. That's why I feel like it'd be tough when I got into prison because it would be such a different world. I wouldn't understand how to like operate in that sphere. I don't think you'd have to change much. I feel like the only thing we'd have to deal with, as I said, we'd almost certainly, and I could say this with reasonable certainty, we'd just be ignored. So it'd just be more lonely. You'd feel almost more isolated. You'd have to live with that aspect, but you're not going to be in any danger or anything. Because as far as, like, prison killings or, like, shankings or whatnot go, they're not going to risk, like, solitary or being cut off or increasing their sentence to shank someone they don't care about one way or another. That's just not going to happen. Like, there's no reason for them to go after you in any way, shape, or form. They're not going to do anything that would risk any potential fallout for someone they don't care about one way or another. It's It's only going to be for someone they, like don't like or they have grievance with or a rival gang so what you're saying is you're effectively going to be much like the 70 year old man i read about earlier today 
Exactly. You're be ignored and uncared about. Exactly. I'm never going to get that intimacy in the shower. Never. Ne- oh, okay. Well. Yeah, they're really, gonna they're gonna turn. save that for someone else. Hey, that took a turn, huh? You brought up the seventy year old man. Yeah, I wasn't talking. That about is it. his grievance. What well, is his one of his several grievances? He may okay, get well, a hug. We'll reel it back. I'm not going to be getting a hug from any of yeah, these. No, no hugs from anybody. I also feel that might be crossing a line. Don't, especially if nobody cares one way or another another about you. Don't go up and hug anybody in prison if you're in prison. Yeah, for those listening, if you ever go to prison. <laughs> First of all, you need to turn on a gentleman's chat radio station. That's the first thing you need to do upon getting there to win favor with everybody in the prison. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Secondarily, and everyone now listening in the prison, take this advice. Don't go hugging random people. It probably won't go well. They're in prison for a reason, too. Correct. And then, I guess, consequently, if at some point any prison is playing a gentleman's chat and all of you wonderful people are listening... Just don't shank people. Yeah, don't do that. You and this is to. this is actually for your benefit. This has nothing to do with legality. In the end, if I'm very hands off, if you shank someone in prison, I'm never even going to find out about it. So it's not for me. It's for you. There's really no point. If you look at it from this perspective, it doesn't benefit you to kill anyone in prison. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. What? Because what are you taking them out of? You're taking them out of prison and you're just gonna make life worse for yourself so just just ignore them or if you need just beat them up every once in a while because then they'll leave you alone and if nobody's bothering you i wouldn't go out and you know make enemies and i would actually say that's the exact same for real life there's no reason to go out and make enemies because on a base level nobody's gonna be instinctively your enemy right I think that's a good point. I mean, a real disappointment for people in prison. You both can't shank anybody, and you also can't go around hugging people. And on that, dis- oh. that's a disappointment, isn't it, though? Yeah, living life in that happy middle. Yeah. Well, boys and girls, on that disappointment, it's time to end. Thank you so much for listening to episode 26 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy.